The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us today as we start off the week together. Hope you're, hope you're having a great week and hope you had a great weekend, getting ready for a great week. At our church here at Grace Baptist Church, uh, we start our mega sports camp VBS tonight. And we're looking forward to a great opportunity to minister to our kids, to minister to our community. And uh, so hope if you're part of our church, hope you're praying. Hope you're, if you're able, volunteering to be part of it. And if not, praying with us as we encourage the goal to get the gospel out, get the gospel out to many others and encouragement. And uh, so we're looking forward to a great week of ministering together as we minister to, for the Lord in our community. But this morning, we're going to continue in our study. We've been going through the book of Matthew. Uh, and through the life of Christ in Matthew's gospel. And we're going to pick back up where we left off Wednesday. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to jump into verse number 18. And now one of the things you'll find, I've been asked this question, why is it that when there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and sometimes uh, they'll tell the same story, but they'll have different bits and pieces of information. You know, is, is it in, and some people want to say that's inconsistency. That's, that's where the Bible, you can prove the Bible's not perfect. That's not accurate. Um, we've mentioned this before. There were four different authors who saw things from different perspectives. And so you're seeing that even though the Bible is inspired and preserved, you're seeing a unique aspect of God using the gifts of the different people. And so that is something for us uh, to keep an eye on. So as we look at this, uh, what we're going to see, there's another one. I can't say it's exact parallel to this story, but another situation, it's not the exact same scenario. But another spot, Luke chapter 9, Jesus makes a comment. He's got a full crowd. In this case, he's going to talk to two different individuals we're going to look at in a moment. But in Luke 9, he was looking at this large crowd. He knew the, his life and to be a disciple uh, to follow him, especially in that day, was going to become complicated. And so he threw out a challenge. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself daily or deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And so while this is not the exact same thing, it is a similar connection to it. So let's go look at this real quick. Uh, this is actually referencing later in, the, in Luke chapter 9. Any, uh, anyway, we'll look at this in verse 18. Here's what he says. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, there is important things to understand in these to get a full understanding of what Jesus is looking for. If we don't have a, a legitimate, true interpretation of what's being said, it can be very easily confusing as to why Jesus would, ask, would, would state some of the things he did if we look at it from our perspective today. So the first thing is a man comes to him and says, I will follow you wherever. He was a scribe. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus doesn't necessarily say, no, you won't. Jesus doesn't say, I don't believe you. Jesus just describes what it means to follow him. 
He says, foxes of holes and birds of the air have nests, but a son of man has nowhere to lay his head. If you're going to follow me, he's saying, your life's not going to be easy. He had 12 apostles and others following him, and they generally went from place to place. He didn't have a home. He didn't have a place to call home. Generally, the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus would have been the closest thing to it. When he was resting and tired, he would go spend time there as some really close friends of his. But he didn't have a home. He didn't own one. He just lived out on land camping it would be the closest way to look at it and so those who follow him he's saying you, you're going to have to realize that the, lu- the luxury that most of us enjoy people say where do you live and you name an address or something we all have that that's not the scenario he was in culture was a little different back then but still very similar he was simply just stating that it is not going to be easy to be a follower of jesus and that's one of the things that i hope we grab onto this we grab onto the fact that being a follower of Jesus in today's day and age, especially in American Christianity, American Christianity following Jesus is kind of almost a fad, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, and if you're not careful, because it's a fad, it's not a sacrifice. If we're living and following and serving Jesus in a situation that requires no sacrifice, then somehow we're not following Jesus correctly. Um, you know, when you think about it, I should be in church. I should be serving. I should be worshiping. I should be witnessing. I should be giving back to the church. I should be doing those things. I should be giving of my time, of my talents, and of my treasures to the Lord. And if I'm not doing that, well, okay, I believe Jesus, and I might go to church and worship, but a true follower of Jesus is going to be engaged in those things. And that's the point he's saying. He goes, listen, this is not an easy life. And, and some people walk away. I've seen it. People who have done the job I do now in pastoring, they walk away because it's not as easy as they thought it would be. Or, you know, maybe there wasn't as much money in it or whatever they thought it would be. Many went in and a few years later, they're working for bigger corporations. They're completely out. They wanted a more comfortable life. And, and I'm not saying they were all wrong in making the decision. I'm just saying that a lot of people get into this and it's not easy. And Jesus is telling them there is a cost to discipleship. To follow Jesus is not free, it's not always easy, and it will take a level of sacrifice. And that's okay. That is part of it. By the way, we sacrifice for everything we find important. When we have family, we sacrifice for them. If we've got a marriage, we should sacrifice for it. If we have work, we will sacrifice to make that job work, right? We'll sacrifice family time, personal time, sleeping time. If there's something we find important, it will have our attention. The Bible says where your treasure is, there we heart. We also will have our money. What we find important is where we will invest into. And so that's important. But then he continues to a second person. He says, then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and, I, and let the dead bury their own dead. And you say, wait a minute. Why would Jesus, our initial reaction, at least for mine, was, why would you be in a scenario where, you, where Jesus says uh, you cannot go to a funeral? Because that's what you think. If I'm going to bury my father, that means he's already passed away. I just want to attend the funeral. Well, that's not what's actually taking place in this passage. What he's saying is, it's same thing that was said to some other people. I think Elisha said it to Elijah, if I'm understanding correctly. You know, let me go bury my father. Here's what he's saying. As soon as my father dies... And then I bury him, then I'll follow you. One commentator stated what believed what he thinks he was saying is, let him die, let me get my inheritance, then I'll follow you. And that's, that's the problem. This could be years down the road. I'll follow you anywhere as soon as my 
father has passed away and I get my inheritance and I can move on to the next step and I'll follow you. It wasn't that his father was ill. It wasn't that his father was on the chance of death. It was the fact of, let me go live my life until this part is over and then I'll join you. And it could, again, could have been years before that happened. And that's the scenario where it was wrong here. That's why I went to Elisha. He burnt, um, killed the oxen, you know, killed the animals, um, burnt down what the tool he was using. He was giving up that life. He was giving up the life and all the luxury that came with it to go be the prophet that Elijah said he could be. And that's the same thing being said here. You are going to have to just let that go. There's a section of scripture that says, he who does not love or hate his father and mother and wife and children cannot be my disciple. He's not stating that we should hate these people because that is contradictory to scripture. Here's what he's telling us. He's what he's saying in that passage. Our love for the Lord should be so great that it's if we hate those other things. My God should be such a priority in my life and I should love him so much more that it's if I hate all these other things of life. The God and what he's doing should be so much more important than those things. And that is the cost of discipleship. Any true Christian, any, I'd say true Christian, any true disciple, I believe a person can be a Christian and not really be fully dedicated to this. And this is what I hope we all get engaged in. What part can I be in? And yeah, there's seasons of life and your seasons will change. And when they change, um, what happens and what you're engaged, engaged in will change. But I would say this, until God takes you home, don't ever get the idea that you're done. God's got a plan. He can use you. Find a place where God can use your unique gift, uh, your unique time and talents and treasures for his honor and glory. Again, thanks for joining us today on this Monday. Appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day. Hope you have a great week. Again, pray for us at Grace as we are enjoying some great time tonight ministering to families. Hope it's a blessing. Hope we see people saved and great fruit that lasts. We look forward to that wonderful time. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.